Recording from Title One Studio in Sandy, Utah. Welcome to another episode of Idiot to Genius. I'm Steph Scholl. And I'm Todd Porter. Each episode focuses on individuals that found themselves desiring more. If you're feeling like an idiot, join the club. Make sure to subscribe so you can hear examples of how common everyday people utilize their individual right to life, liberty, and property to break out of mediocrity and to prosper. It's an honor to be here to spend this time with Nicola Aaron Jellofish. He is a brilliant mind behind Cash and Card Leather Company, where he serves as the proud owner with an unwavering commitment to reviving the art of craftsmanship. Nicola is on a mission to bring back the essence of creating exceptional leather products. Beyond his passion for crafting exquisite wallets, he has a deep desire to guide young men, inspiring them to pursue their dreams and leave a lasting legacy of their own. Your history, going back when you first started, let's just go, go before you started doing all this leather works and so forth, you have a history leading up to it. Can you share that with us? How did you identify your passion for exquisite leather wallets? Well, so... As a boy, I always liked the idea of working with your hands. So I grew up with a lot of Legos. So the idea of building stuff was really cool to me. But unfortunately, growing up, I never got the chance to be exposed to leatherworking or woodworking or anything. And so that pat, that desire of making things went below the surface for a long time until one day, about three years ago, I was on YouTube and I just happened to come across some leatherworking videos. And that really fascinated me. I just loved the way the stuff looked and everything. And so I started watching those and I went down a rabbit hole on uh, leather crafting videos. Okay. So for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So I got some stuff to do to follow along with some tutorials and whatever. And I made a few bags for my family members for Christmas. And I realized that I actually really enjoyed doing this and that desire to make things and just have things that I can pick up. Okay, I made this, I did this thing with my hands resurfaced. And so I started to delve deeper into that. And I started to really focus on the wallets. And that was the first thing I made. And I just went down the, the wallet rabbit hole. I started sharing my stuff with friends and family. They started to really get, I ended up making my first couple of sales within my local church that we went to every Sunday. And from there, I just kept doing it. And here we are. Isn't it fascinating, though, the fine line? You said, I just happened to come across a YouTube video. I don't, for me, there's no accidents, okay? And it's just <laughs> that fine line that something comes into our life and all of a sudden it creates the passion or it renews the passion or it whatever. It's just fascinating. Every time it comes to fruition, it just is always a fascinating moment in our lives. Yeah. I think that whatever happens is meant to happen one way or another. It seems like it was just by chance, but actually I think it was just meant to find those videos and right so i, I right. totally agree with you i love that you learn from youtube university because i think what you're saying todd like nothing by chance but also you have to do some part to act and i think so many people watch videos 
but they don't try it and how you not only you were educating yourself but you were okay here I'm making this stuff and I think that's a huge part of learning any skill is to actually you can consume all the knowledge but if you aren't actually doing it it doesn't get you anywhere yeah Honestly, though, that has gotten me into trouble sometimes because I always think things are easier to do than they actually are. And if I had the opportunity, I would probably go in blind and try and build a house because I'm like, oh, it's just a couple of logs and a couple of nails and whatever. It helps me sometimes and it gets me into binds and other times. But I'm very happy I decided to take the leap. When it comes down to it, all of our lives and anything that we do, again, it's always a reminder. We overestimate what we can accomplish, let's say, in a month or a year, we way overestimate. We go, oh, I'm going to just kill it, and I'm going to get this done a month, year. But here's the other fascinating aspect of human nature. We underestimate what we can accomplish in five years. We completely underestimate. We just, we limit ourselves. And I think that's why so many people quit, quite frankly, Because if you start looking at what you can accomplish, instead of allowing ourselves to get frustrated by one month or one year, and if we focus on what can we accomplish in five years, that that passionate or that objective, the five-year objective, really can keep you working through the challenge. Because you didn't just master this craft overnight. No, it took me the last three and a half, four years to do it. And by no means am I a master. There's so many different facets of leather work. It's insane. You could spend your entire life on one small portion of what you can do with leather, and you wouldn't even be scratching the surface of all the possibilities. It's That's what I love so much about it. What you're so, talking about, though, is a compelling future. That's really what you're talking about, because now you're focusing on what can I do? And not the, not what yeah. you're but moving forward, again, you're on that five, you're in that five-year mindset, the future mindset, the compelling future. That's what keeps everybody motivated. So many people go, I, I just don't know what, what, what I'm motivated about. I, you've got to have a compelling future in order to You've got to have the vision. You've got to have right. the vision. And I think that something that I have learned is to take that vision and just back it out to know if I want to make a million dollars in 10 years, that's not just going to magically happen at the 10 year mark. I have to back that out. Okay. How much do I have to make every single day in order to get to that goal? And I think that that also makes large goals, extremely digestible and a lot more real when you see what is it going to take every single day versus it just being this foggy thing in the future. Because I, I, I fall into that trap where I set a goal and I write it down in my notebook and then I never look at it again because I didn't actually plan it out. And right. there's this foggy thing in the back of my mind that I come back to time uh, here and there, but it's never achieved. So I think having the vision and then planning it out and committing yourself is super, super powerful. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Do you have a few pieces, some of your favorite pieces that you have right there that you could share with us? Yeah. Yeah. I've got the, these are the things that I have on my website. Right now I have two products on my website. I've got these wallets here. Got them in four colors. So I've got the red, brown, black, and, and I'll go more into these and the blue. Now the last three years, 
I really spent getting this product down to a science. I went through, I've gotten a drawer in, in my filing cabinet. I've got all the different iterations. I went through 10 or 12 iterations to get to this point where I really got it down. So it's a simple one pocket design. There's just a pocket in there and you put your cards and then you fold up your cash halfway and put it in there. I was inspired by seeing other design. I saw a couple of other designs on Instagram and on YouTube. I took that as a jumping off point. And what's cool about these wallets is that it's one piece of leather. So if you were to take the stitching out and unfold it, think about it, it would look like a paper airplane. And it's all folded in and then just sewn at one point right there. And what's cool about that is that it's extremely durable that way because the only potential point of failure is right there. Right. Whereas when you get a super complex wallet that let's say is made up of 10, 12 pieces of leather that are all glued and sewn together at 12 different points, you've just multiplied your potential of failure by 12. So I have to keep it as simple as possible. I think it just makes the product more sleek. I'm, I'm all about minimalism, so makes it a lot more minimalist and narrowing down the function to just one thing makes it to where I can make that as good as it can possibly be. It's awesome. Beautiful. So that's the wallet. And then the other product I have on here, I honestly, I had fun with this one. It's a little purse that I styled to look a messenger bag and the reason I say I had a lot of fun with this is a lot more technical stuff. So I only actually have two of these made right now because it takes a lot longer to make. But lined in a super nice red, and this is suede. And so I've actually glued two pieces together back to back. And once you glue them together, it acts one piece of leather. And then got a magnetic snap here. And honestly, my favorite part is this braiding. I had so much fun with this braiding. I've, I've seen the channels that I watch that I learned how to do the leathercraft from. Braiding is a big thing for them. And I've seen them make so many beautiful bags and different things with that braiding. I'm like, I have to try that. And three years later, I have to try that. And so then I went and made this bag. And then I've got this red one. And then I've got this blue one as well. So blue suede in there and awesome. just one pocket. Awesome. And, and, and if somebody wants to get those things, how do they just go to your website? Is that where you? Yeah. Yeah. The website's cashcardleather.com. Cashcardleather.com. With these designs, I don't know a ton about leather, but it looks super cool. You were talking about how there's only the one point. Yeah. The three stitches. Is that unique? Is that something that sets it apart or is that standard? Tell us a little bit more about that. So most wallets are not made like this primarily because it really restricts the, the function of it. So if you've ever seen wallets that have, that have zippers in them and you've got a coin pouch and a cap pouch and a bunch of single card slots and everything, those are beautiful. However, like I said, it takes a lot more leather to do that. And you're going to have to end up using a lot more glue and a lot more, if what you're going for is just a simple 
durable thing to hold your cards and your cash, then that is what this is best for. There are other ones that are similar to this. However, I think personally, the thing that really sets these apart is the leather that I use. A lot of people will just use whatever leather they can get their hands on. But it took me a long time to find this, but I looked specifically for leather that was made in America. And I try and use as many made in America materials as possible. I actually have a tab on my website called Product Origins where I have links to every single thing that I use in my products. I also have, as the name implies, their origin, their country of origin. So this leather is actually made in Chicago, which is really awesome because I get to go to their supply store because I live in the same city. Okay. That's super, super nice. I've always liked the idea of using local and, and everything, and they're a world-renowned tannery. People from all over the world will want to get their hands on this leather. It's called the Horween leather. And when I discovered them, it was a complete game changer. And I think that's one of the main things that sets these wallets apart from your average wallet that you might be able to get at this price point. I just love that everything's local and Chicago and made in the US. I think that I was watching a bunch of Instagram stuff the other day and it was talking, just mm -hmm. showing these landfills and just being this fast fashion. People are just throwing away their, the thrift stores can't handle it all. But when you have a one piece that is just, that's back in the day with family heirlooms, right? People have like, yeah one piece that was nice that they could pass on and that seems that's the craftsmanship that you're providing for people yeah that was the idea so my ethos about buying fashion or accessories or clothing is that i would rather buy one piece and have it last me my entire life and have that one piece to wear than go to H&M every other week and get 10 new pieces and throw away the last 10 new pieces and have 10 new pieces to wear. But those new pieces will only last me two weeks before they start to fall apart. I have the idea of a thousand years from now, someone is going to be carrying this wallet or it's going to be in a museum or something. It's going to look just as durable and just as usable versus the stuff from H&M will already be degraded into nothingness. And that's really the difference your journey of being an entrepreneur, have you ever been employed? Have you ever been career-minded in your life? I knew from a very young age that I didn't want to, specifically, I didn't want to go into the corporate world. So I knew I wanted to do something. I just didn't really know what. I guess I, I didn't really have the word entrepreneur and self-employed and this and that to describe what I wanted. I just knew that the idea of sitting in a cubicle and being just this replaceable cog in a bigger machine to make somebody else a lot of money was not what I wanted. And it, so you never even went down that road? No, I got day jobs because I needed money, of course. Other than that, I chose not to go to college because I knew that, I don't know, I just didn't, one, school was not a pleasant experience for me. It just didn't really work for me. So as soon as I got out of high school, there's no way I am doing another four years of this. Okay, I was dying to get out. Let's dive into that. School was not a good thing for you. What was it about school that you did not or where you did not thrive relative to school? I'm a very action-oriented person. So the idea of sitting in a 
small restrictive desk in a row in a column with one person explaining everything in theory instead of me being outside doing something it just doesn't work for me i need to be able to get up and i need to be able to do things directly instead of just talking about them i was never diagnosed with adhd but i guess you could say i probably have adhd so i don't know i just don't sit still unless i'm engrossed in something that i really love it's very hard for me to just sit still and be focused on one thing that I'm not really passionate about. The thing is that career-minded people, or when you go down the career path, you're basically told to shut up. You follow a process, you follow a procedure, you do what you're told to do, you're supposed to behave in a certain way, and your opinion is really, to one degree or another, is irrelevant. Okay. Yeah. And so as you're talking about going through this process of putting these wallets together and this leather and, and finding this leather company, the, the supplier and on, that is not a career mindset that gets that put together. It doesn't happen from that mindset. Do you agree? Yeah. And I see why people would be interested in the career mindset because it's very, it feels very secure. You're going to get that paycheck in your account every two weeks. And you can base your life around that predictability. But that's a very surface level view because when you actually look at it, that paycheck is not guaranteed. You, your actions will not affect whether or not you get that paycheck. You could be fired tomorrow for no reason, and then all your security just goes out the window. Right. Whereas when you're doing something yourself and your money is – the money that you're getting is directly related to how much work you do. You have all the power, but you also have all the responsibility of, let's say, getting that paycheck every two weeks. And, and you're not reliant on somebody else. So it's actually more secure when you look into it with the entrepreneurial lifestyle but on a service level, it would seem like it isn't. Did I answer your question? Or? It's not about answering my question. It's about bringing out your passion and the reason why you're as creative as you are. And basically why you going to school was not really what you enjoyed doing and it didn't work for you. And it's because of you're not being put in a box. You're, you're not willing to be put in that box. You're saying, no, 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 I, I, I don't want to be put in this box. I, I don't want to be cubbyholed. I, I, I need to be out there producing, cre being creative, finding solutions, solving problems, those kinds of things, right? Yeah, that describes me to a T. And Steph, he just basically explained what our whole mantra is here in terms of what, what we always talk about is if you want a floor – meaning you're limited of what you can go down. You're limited to your failure, so to speak. If you want a floor, you automatically are implementing a ceiling. You're capped out. You can only go so far. So as long as there's a floor, yeah. there's a ceiling. The I never thought about way, it like that. The only way to be unlimited as far as the potential is you've got to remove the floor. So there's unlimited potential for you to drop down and fail. And there's unlimited potential for you to thrive and succeed. Remove the floor, you remove the ceiling. So with that, I loved hearing about why you wanted to be an entrepreneur. 
Can we talk a little bit about some hardships of being an entrepreneur, some hurdles? Let's get real with that. Because you said sometimes you had to get a day job to pay the bills. Yeah. So hurdles, it's funny because a lot of the hurdles came from myself more than external stuff. A lot of it was a lot of self-doubt. I was too reliant on the opinions of others instead of trusting my gut when it comes to making decisions. And I think that that is probably the biggest thing is that you have to trust yourself and you have to believe that you are capable of achieving all the things that you want to achieve because your success is only going to come from you. And there's going to be people who are going to help you greatly along the way. But when it comes down to it, for me, when I'm sitting in my shop, there's no one else here. Me creating that product or creating that content to put on YouTube or Instagram, that comes from me just doing it. Sometimes when you don't see the success right away, it's not that you don't feel that security you might wonder, you're sitting down, you're doing the same thing. You're like, why am I even doing this? And you're starting to doubt yourself. You're starting to doubt your vision. And you just have to keep going. There's a quote that I really like that I can't remember who said this, but it's like 95% of failure is due to quitting. And usually somebody will quit because of their own self-doubt versus some external thing that's forcing them to quit. When it comes down to it, nobody can force you to quit. You choose to quit. And so what I've done to kind of overcome that is I've removed quitting as an option. The moniker of burning the ships. Right. I've done that in my mind. There's no plan B. There's no other thing that I'm going to do, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. So one thing that has helped me never stop is before I went full time, I had a religious experience that it was pretty terrifying, honestly. And whenever I feel the temptation to quit or to give up, I immediately go back to that and it completely cuts out that option from my mind. Okay, let's bring this together. So basically what you're saying is you're being motivated because we we already talked about that compelling future and about how positive motivation, that's a way of being motivated, looking at your compelling future. There's another factor of motivation, that is the fear of failure or the the negative side of it. Basically, you had this experience. Is, Is it okay if we dive into that experience? Sure, yeah. Let's found on it. Okay. So I want to preface with, I understand that when it comes to religious experiences, it's very subjective and some people might roll their eyes at at it and whatever, but I hope you don't discount, anyone who's listening, I hope you don't discount what I have to say because I'm talking about God and and whatever. Just preface with that. I was working at Starbucks a couple years ago. I was working at the drive-thru and I hadn't really fully committed myself to the leather work 
and to the business. And um, a, a few days prior to this, I had watched the animated film The Prince of Egypt. I don't know if you guys know that. Mm-hmm. Um, Freaking masterpiece the animation. I, I could go into an hour-long spiel about how much I love that movie, but to stay on topic, all of a sudden, I'm standing there, I'm entering people's orders, and I'm passing the drinks and food along to the person at the window and everything. And all of a sudden, I, I, I don't know how to describe this besides, like, in my mind, I saw the scene where Moses is talking to the burning bush, but instead of Moses, it was me standing there, and I hear the voice of God, and he's just like, what are you doing? I told you, I've already shown you, and I've already told you what you were created for, what I created you for. Now go and do it. And that scene, that voice kept repeating those words in my head for 30 minutes. It was terrifying. It was scary. So then I went home, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and then... The next day that I was working, I don't know if it was the next day or a couple of days later, I put in my two weeks and I quit that job. And I haven't worked a day job since then. And there have been times where looking at it logically, irrationally, people would have said, you should probably get a day job. But I just keep coming back to that. When it comes down to it, the biggest sales job that we ever have to do is to ourselves. And your story there has obviously helped you to identify what you don't want to ever go back to. You don't ever want to be working for somebody else, basically, is what I'm hearing. Yes. And and that's going to help you create that compelling future, that compelling goal. When it comes to success, literature, whatever you want to say, they always say, be in the present and look, look to the future. And have that compelling future. But sometimes you have to look in that rearview mirror, even if just for a moment, and go, I'm never going back there. And that's what I hear you saying. I, I'm never going back there. Yeah, that is, I, I think about it as light in front of me and fire behind me. And I don't want to go back. And the fire is just, sometimes it looks at your heels and you're like, okay, I got to go forward, go forward and keep as much distance between the fire and, and my backside. and you know what i find really interesting is this is a business podcast but most of our guests have brought up spiritual experiences that have helped them and it's everyone's different and i love how at the beginning you preface that and you're like i hope people don't discount this because i'm talking about god and i feel like nowadays we all want to be pr (laughs) appropriate but it's been really refreshing to be able to hear people's stories and how that experience for you and I'm watching that video and then just those scenes playing anyways and I think that a lot of times it does take the divine to help us really get on our path of what we want to accomplish yeah what wisdom or guidance would you share with your younger self now that I could go into a literally hour-long spiel because I have done so much thinking about that I've written a couple of things down, some comical, some, you know, uh, but I can read this list off. One of the big things was don't be concerned with with what your peers think of you. 
because in the final analysis, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the actions that you take. That was one of the biggest things that was holding me back as a kid. And another thing is stand up for yourself because you are valuable and you're worth fighting for. And if someone is trying to beat you down or is bullying you, in the mainstream, we have this image of the revenge story of John Wick, where you're going to go and kill the bully. Kill him with kindness. I wrote an analogy down here. The fire only grows if you feed it. And I wish I had known that as a kid. And now there's some things that are specific to me. I wrote down a mantra for myself a few weeks ago, and it just came to me. I guess you could maybe you call it divine inspiration, but it's three simple values that, that I think has a lot to do with the leather work and the craft that's not very digital. It's all very analog and whatever. And these three values are one, live slow or slow down, two, work hard, and three, be calm. And you could trade calm with stoicism or, or whatever, but doing the leather craft has really forced me to slow down because growing up, I grew up with the internet, so everything's very fast and you tend to miss out on the moment. I've had spances of time where I'm totally caught up in the hustle culture and the internet and six months will go by and I don't even feel it. But then I also have those days where I feel every single second that passes by and I want to get to a point where I feel that every single day. Where as a kid, I remember if I was waiting for something, that hour felt an eternity. Versus I could spend an hour playing video games and it feels a minute. Yeah. And so I want to feel that hour in its fullness. And if I can share my values adequately through YouTube and Instagram, then my hope is that other young men will see that and they'll be like, you know what, maybe there's some merit to this. And maybe they'll be able to slow down and disconnect from the from everything going on, all the craziness going on, and they'll just be able to sit in the moment and make use of the moment. So that's the idea of living slow. Working hard is just, as we've been talking about it this entire episode, everyone has their own kind of energy. And the best thing that you can do in order to be able to keep going and achieve what you want to achieve is to discover what your own natural energy is and to just be able to sit in it. And so Todd, you were part of the coaching group, right? Yeah. Lions, not sheep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So when I first, that, that first summer that I was in the group, I was really feeding off of Sean's energy and he's a very high energy, Oko, never sleep kind of person. Intense, Right. Yeah. Very intense. And so I was feeding off of that. And you can see it if you go back to last summer's, my Instagram post from last summer, I was very, that was who I was. But that really dropped off because what I discovered, that's not how I am naturally. And in order to maintain that, I would have to be constantly getting fed on it. And that's not a very sustainable model for long-term success. 
And so it took me a while to figure out who I was naturally. And I think who I am naturally is I'm slower. I'm not as much in your face. I'm more subtle. And I just like to do things at my own pace. I think of it as a bonfire. And if you throw a bunch of straw on the bonfire, it'll erupt into giant flames for five seconds. And it'll die down into a pitiful little thing. And in order to keep the high flames up, you have to keep throwing on that straw. And, you know, if you live in a hay field, then that's great. You have an infinite. <laughs> but if you're in a suburb, maybe you don't have so much straw. And whereas if you build up that fire with a little twig and you get it going to a strong little core and then you throw on a couple of oak logs, that's our goal for hours and hours. You never have to throw anything on. I'm the oak log fire. Takes me a little while to get going, but once I'm going, I never stop. Now, does, as far as your impact on making a difference in other people's lives and in, in reaching out to people and being able to accomplish the things you want to do and teach people how to leave a legacy, teach the young men how to leave a legacy, that kind of thing. Did, what you're talking about now, as far as the fire and the identifying the energy and so forth, does that feed into how you impact other people? Yes, because my goal is to share that in the hope that other people will take what I'm learning and apply it to their own lives and do the same thing. Because I think I enjoy my life right now. And I think that doing these things have helped me get to a point where I actually do enjoy my life and where I'm not constantly depressed, anxious, and whatever. I think that one thing that's really powerful is that I haven't made it. I haven't made it yet. I don't have the millions of dollars. I don't have the giant house. I don't have the Lamborghini. I don't have the beautiful wife. I'm still in the middle of it. And I think would resonate a lot more with other young men who are just starting out or, or who are in the middle of it versus seeing someone who's already made it and saying that because when somebody's already made it and they're saying that, it's very easy for you to say that because this and this. Right. Whereas applying these things before you've made it is what makes you make it. And that's what I'm hoping to be able to portray. And if what I'm doing and what I'm showing helps just one guy get his shit together and have the life he wants to have, then it will have all been worth it. The thing that's awesome about what you said is so many people think they need to be a different person, that they need to reinvent themselves in order for them to succeed. What you're saying is, no, 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 embrace who you are. Embrace the energy, the frequency with which you emanate energy. Embrace those things. And having that compelling future, let that motivate you, move you forward in your strength, in your areas of strength. Correct? Yeah. Isn't that what you're yes. saying? Yes. Yes. And what's cool is once you find that energy, you realize that whatever your energy is, you actually have a bottomless supply of it in your soul. Whereas if you try to mimic somebody else's energy, it all comes from exterior. And maybe your energy is super high energy, the straw on the fire, the super huge flames. If it is, you're awesome. You're going to get to where you're going probably a lot faster than I will. But it's okay if you're not that, because a lot of the male role models today paints this picture, of, oh, you have to be super intense, and you have to be that in order to 
get what they have. And it's actually not true. You don't have to be super intense or whatever. You just have to find out how you are naturally when no one's looking. Embrace that and infuse it with your compelling vision. Imagine yourself as you truly are in that vision. And then that will make that vision much more achievable for you because you're not having to change your soul, which is an impossible task. Right. Love it. I think that's great. Thank you so much for sharing with us what motivates you and everything. I, I've learned a lot. I love what you said to go to slow down. And if you aren't, oh, where is it? To live slow or slow down. When I heard that we were going to do this, I immediately thought about my mom because she's helped me a ton. And I just helped her start a YouTube channel because I'm, I'm all about the YouTube. The YouTube is content creation and creating audience on YouTube is how you be successful in this internet age. And mm -hmm. so she's a super great gardener and DIYer. And fun. you got to start a YouTube channel. You got to start a YouTube channel. And so in my head, I was like, I will just give her a shout out on, on the podcast. And you can give your mom a shout out on the podcast. Her YouTube handle, if you type in the YouTube search at Embrace Your Space, she's going to start uploading really great content pretty soon. I'm helping her with all her content whatever at uh, embrace your space yes awesome Sweet. she's got Check two it. subscribers and both of them are me in my different accounts let's get <laughs> let's get your mama up. more subscribers <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right you take care nicole it's great to meet with you today appreciate it yeah it was great to talk to you guys thank you so much and in reality what our podcast is idiot to genius and what that is, it's the process by which the individual right to fail unleashes the unlimited potential to succeed. In summary, it's called freedom. And you've so eloquently explained that relative to your life and your experience. It's freedom. It's scary sometimes, but I think that there's a price you pay for freedom, but Freedom is always worth a thousand times more than the price you pay. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. To all our listeners out there, remember you get to choose your title company. So remember, there's a reason why there's a one in our title. <laughs>